You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I've been thinking about doing something on this particular subject for a little while. For the last uh, two of the last three days, I've been out at Bears training camp in Bourbon A. And as some of you may know, I used to cover the Bears every day. I still kind of cover them. I do a show on NBC Sports Chicago called the Football After Show, which is a lot of fun. And I can tell you this. We're going to have an addition to the show. I can't tell you who, but I can tell you that it's going to be dope. Anyway, so I still kind of cover the Bears, but I don't do it on a daily basis. I've What I would refer to as graduated from being a beat reporter. I loved it for the what eight seasons that I cover the team. I absolutely loved it, and I learned a lot of football. But one of the things that I learned was the monotony of the coverage. And I've joked a little bit about this on the air where the, you can pretty much write a training camp calendar of stories of, oh, well, the guys get to camp and a guy shows up in a crazy car. So that's a story. And here's a guy with a TV and he's a big guy and he's carrying a TV into a dorm room. And that's crazy. And the there's a one guy who didn't have a good year last year and the reason he didn't have a good year last year was because he was out of shape so this year he either a lost a bunch of weight so that he could be faster and more flexible or b he put on 15 pounds of muscle so stories like this happen all the time you you know what i'm talking about the training camp tropes and i've i've gotten tired of them also i'm what I've learned over the last few years, especially being able to step away from being in the middle of it, because I will tell you that when you're in it, it's it's almost like there's nothing else. Even today, like I'm I'm kind of mad at myself for the way that my show evolved today. The radio show was supposed to be today a lot of baseball with a sprinkle of football. Like I had had a couple of guests that I was going to have come by and it turned out to be a lot of football with a sprinkle of baseball. But when you're in it, it, it feels like it's the entire world. And that's one of my issues is the, the, the concept of myopathy when it comes to covering football and trying to figure out what is important from day to day to share with the with the listener with the audience i get asked all the time whether it's via twitter or instagram or like today i tweeted out i've instagrammed pictures of the petting zoo the goats and the horses and all that stuff mainly because it's not like the bears really let you do anything anymore from a video standpoint like they're very draconian when it comes to that sort of stuff and it's disappointing because people not dissimilarly to baseball. When we go without baseball for too long, you yearn for it. So in February, when I get out to Arizona and I do an Instagram video of someone in the batting cage, it doesn't matter who it is. Like those sounds that the, the sights and the sounds of baseball coming back 
are very powerful and people need it. Like I, I get that, that the sports is still something that is very important to our psyche. It is a, a way to escape. That doesn't mean that we should ignore all the other things that are surrounding sports, but that's another topic for another day. But I do get the idea of, hey, I'm a big fan of Team X and their season is getting ready to start. There's a body clock issue that goes along with it. So it, it kind of sucks. The the rules that are in place that don't really allow for reporters who cover the team to share some of the things that they see. And I get it. And everyone in football is a secret agent. It, like it's you don't want your stuff to get out there, even though there's a whole bunch of tape. And I know that Matt Nagy is 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 one of the actual dudes who actually does have something to hide because he's got a million trick plays, but just simple stuff like seeing a cornerback and a wide receiver match up in one-on-ones. Like we're not allowed to really use video like that. And if we were able to use that video, the video would have to come down after 24 hours. It's a whole thing. Look, I don't want today's podcast to be about my issues with the, the bears and uh, media coverage. What, what I wanted to talk about was media coverage and us trying to convey messages to you on what is and what isn't important at Bears training camp or any other training camp. I was watching practice today and, and how I've changed. When I was a reporter, you're taking, you're keeping track of everything. Who's injured? Who's practicing? Who's got a veteran's day off? Who's getting yelled at? You know, who's practicing hard? Who makes a spectacular play? Who does this, 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 all these things. And then you're following up. Like you say, hey, I saw such and such player have a great day. Um, Lovey, what did you think about this player today? And you get the answers. Now that I've been away from it on a daily basis for a little while, I've learned that. I don't think that a lot of stuff that we talk about in training camp is very important. I'll give you an example from today. I watched practice today. I also watched practice on Tuesday. And one of my takeaways as an observer was the defense is ahead of the offense and Mitch Trubisky has not looked great in practice. I've seen him make bad throws. I've seen him have bad footwork. I've seen him miss open guys. I've seen all of the plethora of mistakes that a quarterback can make in a practice. Mitchell Trubisky has made those mistakes. Now, ask me if I think that that is a, a telltale sign of what is to come for the Bears in the season. Hey, Lawrence, is that a telltale sign of what's to come for the Bears in the season? No. Or I don't know. Maybe I don't know is the better answer. Because there were times last year when I went down to Bourbonnet and I watched Mitchell Trubisky in practice and I was like, Ugh, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. And then he came out and had one of the most incredible first halves against Green Bay in the, in the opener. And the offense was clicking. So I, I'm not sure what to, what to tell you that you could get actual value from. I can tell you that Javon Weems was really good in practice today. And then you could ask me the question, is Javon Weems going to be an important receiver? Hey, Lawrence, is Javon Weems going to be an important receiver this year? I, I don't think so. 
But because a guy has a good day at practice or a few good days at practice, I, I'm struggling with how much how much we we should we talk about these things. And I get it. I do get it. I understand in this town in particular, the Bears are king, man. They are king. And I say that as someone who works on the on the Cubs flagship. The Cubs being good is great. The Bears being good is amazing. Because when the Bears are good, everyone is paying attention. Everyone. People who don't even like football. They are paying attention to what's going on with the Bears. You should see some of this stuff. Now, granted, the Cubs in Arizona average 15,000 people for spring training games. They sell out games every day, which is amazing. The fact that the Bears are seeing record crowds of you know tens of thousands of people to show up for practice we talking about practice it, it just lets you know the type of beast that the nfl is overall people get excited it's an event it, it the the advantage that it has over the other sports is pretty plain to see there's the speed and the violence combination but there's also the fact that there's only 16 of them that every game seems to count it seems to matter. There are no throwaway games in the NFL. That can be the difference between winning a division and being a wild card team or being a wild card team and not being in the playoffs at all. You saw that with the Vikings last year. It's it's a conundrum. I I know that this is this seems like it's an episode where I'm just complaining about stuff, but I I say this because I am trying to figure out how to bring you the best coverage that I can. And maybe the truth is, is that I just word vomit everything that I saw at practice. And then you can figure out if any of it matters. But what I've been trying to do is I want to I want to try and through making myself smarter as an observer to make you smarter and more well-rounded as a fan. And I'm looking for the details that might provide an opportunity to do that. And day in and day out, I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see it happening when, um, that's a ambulance going by, by the way, hope everyone's okay. I just don't see sometimes the value of our increased coverage. So really, this is a criticism of us, but it's also kind of a criticism of you because you want it. it you, we're here to reflect what you think, not tell you, at least ideally, that's what we're doing. And what our metrics tell us, whether you work at a radio station or a newspaper or a website, is that when football comes around, there, there are no limits to what you will consume. No limits. You want to know every single detail. That, again, kind of takes us back to the, the relationship between the Bears and the media, and I wish I could tell you more, but we're not really allowed to. Still, even if I were to tell you every, if what I used to do when I was covering practice on a day-to-day -day basis, I would chart plays. Seven on seven team, 11 on 11, occasionally a nine on seven run drill. 
I would chart all that stuff, and I'd tell you, he had an interception on this one, and this one was a 25-yard out that he was hit perfectly on the sidelines, and he hit a seam route for 40 yards that went for a touchdown and put that in air quotes. Since I'm complaining, can I complain about one more thing? I always find it interesting who the crowd is rooting for at training camp. It's one of my favorite observations, and it was handed to me by a Bears player. When I used to cover the team, the Bears defense was obviously much better than the offense. Now they're on a little bit more of an even even field. But those teams, the Lovey Smith teams, you know, the ones with Charles Tillman and and Mike Brown and all those dudes where they take the ball away from you, Nate Vasher. Mike Brown said to me, and I'll never forget it. He said, why don't this was like during a practice, which is another thing that now that I'm saying it, I can't believe like we used to be that close where players would say stuff to you during practice. He said, why don't the fans cheer for us? We're bears too. And that's always stuck with me. He's right. If you go to a, a, a training camp, camp uh, practice, or if you're going to Bears Family Day over at Soldier Field, the fans cheer for the offense, even though the offense is going up against the world-beating defense. Here's another ob- observation from me watching practices that I don't know if it matters or not. It looked like training camp is, you know, you're – you're working towards the season. You shouldn't be ready for the season in early August. But it looks like the defense is going at like three-quarters speed and the offense is going at like two-thirds speed. And because of that, the defenses look better than the offense. Is that going to matter when September rolls around? No, but you wanted to know what I saw in practice, and that's what I saw, and I don't think it matters at all. But it is fun to watch the the fans cheer for the offense. Or when I was covering the team every day, it was really fun to watch them cheer for Devin Hester. When Hester would get the ball on special teams practice, and he would run it back for a touchdown. Now, it wasn't a touchdown. They, they were just going through their drills, and guys were holding their blocks and stuff. And then Devin would, you know, scamper down the sidelines. Like, no one was trying to tack, actually tackle him. And fans would go crazy. I'm like, is no matter who would be back there, like, I could be back there fielding the punt. And I'm not going to get tackled before I get to the goal line. I might fall out, but I'm not going to get tackled. I have no answers here. And I hope that you, you f- don't feel like I've wasted your time with this podcast, but I'm, I'm really, I've been driving myself crazy over the last couple of years trying to figure out what value is there in the coverage of training camp other than, other than, hey, the Bears are back, like football's around the corner. And maybe that's as simple as it should be, that we should just kind of take everything that's said with a grain of salt 
all of the cliches, the the tropes about training camp, we should just kind of go, okay, yeah, and then move along with our business. And I should stop like trying to probe more deeply into the the meaning of training camp. Well, anyway, if you were wondering what I learned at training camp, my my two days in Bourbonnet this week, that's what I learned. I hope it helps you. It helped me to talk about it. So I thank you for for listening today. And uh, hit me up on Twitter if you want. At Lawrence W. Holmes is where you can find me. I have no answers. I'll talk to you tomorrow.